Good evening, fellow listeners. Welcome to Positively Entertaining Conversations. The place to go for things you don't know, but maybe you should. Our discussions are real. The laughter is for healing. Join us on a life journey. Complete with thrills and chills and occasionally spills. Now let's get ready for the show. The soda is cold. The popcorn is hot. Relax and learn from our podcast host. He is the Mr. Who's a sister. The bearded charmer himself. The one and the only Guru Brando. And his co-host. He is a brother from another mother. He is the crafteteer. But you can call me regular joe welcome to the show hello welcome to positively entertaining conversations with me your host guru brando and sometimes lady elizabeth automic reynolds gross curious co-host i'm getting good at saying that i know i keep making you practice right um, and I would be Lord. Yes, Lord Brandon. Lord Brandon what? Groats. No. McReynolds. No. Lord Brandon what? Do you remember what it says, the certificate? Does it have my middle name or does it have my maiden name? What is it? I remember it's on your shoe belt. It is Lynn. No. So it's Brandon, Lord Brandon Lynn McReynolds Groves. Wow. Yeah. We are quite the couple of names. We are. It's like the the power trans couple because, you know, we have hyphenated names, hmm. you know, so we're cool like that. Um, I was going to talk to you, you know, kind of about the Army birthday and about um, Quentin's birthday coming up and Father's Day and crap, but we've talked about that and I'm over it. And so I want to talk about what you have recently decided, which is to um, engage in one of my... (laughs) You're eating gummy bears. Okay. So engage in one of my programs. Yes. Okay. And so you're going to be going through the personal growth program. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. You looked at the booklet today, didn't you? Yes. Yes, I did. I started filling it out. Okay. And what is your first impression, first of all, of life coaching in general, before I was a life coach? Um, I just thought it was kind of like um, you just hired somebody to kind of help you keep on track. Like a mentor? Yeah, because, you know, of. there's mentors, there's life coaches. There's somebody to like to, to kick you in the ass whenever you're feeling sorry for yourself. So hold you accountable for poor behavior. Mm-hmm. So you knew what it was because what's the one life coach that you reference that you know? Tony Robbins is the only other one I know. Tony Robbins. So your impression of him before you gained awareness was what? Mm. And don't lie because you know I'll dime you out. To, to, to Tony Robbins? Maybe. <laughs> I will call him at home. You know, all life coaches know each other. What? You know that ain't true, right? Um, <laughs> I figured he had his business together. I mean, he was traveling the world 
telling people how to do things and, and making millions do. doing it, you know, and writing books. But I know that to you, a lot of the notions seem silly, you know, and even whenever we would watch shows that had life coaches on it, you would say this one thing, you would go, oh, one session and bam, they're healed. Yeah. It was only, I think that was just a, a, an editing joke. But, but nonetheless. They would show the, the people go in and, and um, it was... Don't don't name names. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, they would go in for uh, therapy and and talk about you know what it was that got them in the situation they're in right now, and then they would only typically show one session or at least a part of a session, so you never actually got to see how many sessions they actually went through, and it just seemed like after they would show the first one, then they're like boom, and the guy would walk out or the girl or whomever would be like, oh, I feel so great now. I'm off to work magic. Right. And now you know that that can actually be the case. Unlike, though, the 15-minute segment that's on TV most of the time, um, I have hour-long sessions. And sometimes an hour and a half, depending on what you're coming for, right? So I'm in here coaching um, an hour-long session. You have been alone with me for an hour, and you have listened to me for an hour, you and many other people. <clears throat> And after you listen to me for a few minutes, you automatically take over on your own and start to formulate the pieces, the rest of the puzzle, right? Um, I can give you a topic and you can form an idea around it, right? So it stands to reason that if I can give you a, to a topic and say, hey, write an essay on this. If I said, hey, think about this, you would probably think about it, right? And you'd probably formulate something around it, just like you well, do Anything I mind. hear come out of your mouth, I'm going to think about. Right? That's why I talk all the time, because lots of thinking needs to be done. Don't you agree? Yeah. Who were you before you were a deep thinker? I don't really consider myself a deep thinker. Really? Because anyone who experiences personal growth is a deep thinker. Do you, do you understand why? Yeah, I mean, in order to have personal growth, you have to to know yourself. Mm -hmm. That means you have to ask yourself questions, and you have to find deeper meaning in the answer. Right? That's what personal growth actually is. Yeah, is finding deeper meaning within yourself. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so you are now finding a deeper meaning in life because you're finding a deeper meaning within you. And and that's something for you to actually really think about. Did you have trouble looking at the information that I gave you, the packet? That's a little daunting, um, but you know, I just started with one word, at, ugh, reading one word at a time. <laughs> and do you know why? And most <clears throat> people don't know why. Do you know why you have so much paperwork to begin with? Because it's part of the, um, it's part of your your sort of goal making, you know, system. You know, it's just something you have to work through. Right, because a lot of the time, if you are not willing to do the paperwork, I can't trust that you're actually going to make the change, right? Yes. So it kind of is like this. If you really want a life coach and you're actually going to work, then you're going to fill out that paperwork because it's something you want to do. If you don't want to do it, you're not going to fill it out. Yep. And you know what's going to happen? We're not going to make progress. No. Because the only way you can make progress is to practice. Because practice is progress, not perfection. So each time you practice personal growth, that means you take 
care of yourself so you have self-care, right? That's personal growth. Not everybody wants to shit, shower, and shave daily. Sometimes they just want to stay in the bed. So it's personal growth when you can deem yourself worthy of having a shower, right? You aren't always big on showering. You might go several days without showering. Quentin did that too. But that's what depression was, right? Yeah. Do you um, find it much more freeing for you now to say, I have a choice. I have a choice. I can get up and I can get nice clothes on. I can do my hair up and I can do makeup and all that stuff. Because you didn't have that choice. You were military. Yes. So if you had to get up and get cleaned up, you got up, got cleaned up, and got your uniform on. Yes. And that was, you know, it was clockwork. Get up, shave, put on uniform, go to work. Get up, shave, put on uniform, go to work. Get up, shave, put on uniform, go to work. And it's now what? What What do you mean? Now what do you do? Oh, now I have a much more interesting and exciting life. I get to hang out at my house with my children. I get to watch them grow. I get to try to be a positive kind of influence. I get to cook awesome food for them. It's what pretty else? cool. What else I get to be a wife at home, to hang out with my husband all day. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds so exciting. You don't get to hang out with me all day, but you get to come in here and, and peek in and make sure I'm eating and peeing and... You know, all those things that people forget to do when they lack self-care, right? So you've basically been helping me survive um, while I deal with the stress of work, right? Yeah. That's the same thing I did for you because you were in the Army and you were gone. And I dealt with that stress, right? Yes. So it's the same kind of trade-off. It's just I'm here. But even though I'm here, I'm not always available, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think has been the most benefit from that for your personal growth? Having um, someone here versus somebody working outside the house? Uh, it's, I think it's a little bit of safety net, honestly. Um, I know that if I, if I needed, then I had an extra set of hands. You know, I know that you, you know, if I was like, hey, babe, can you come in here and help me out here? You would. You know, unlike, it depends on what it is. Yeah, unlike, you I'm know, not changing diapers. Before it was like, you know, Sorry, I can't leave work. I'm, you know, not until everybody's released. Yeah. And some days you would get released early and you would come home and that was always nice to be relieved. But you would, you know, antagonize the kids, get them stirred up. Yeah, I think it's, you know, all that, you know, energy I brought home. I was excited to see you guys and, and just overall mostly disappointed about, you know, how things were going with how I could spend time with you and and I couldn't and just our scheduling was just it was bad you know and the plate my headspace was bad and your headspace was bad so I think all in all you know we've all we've both you know made some serious 180 degree turns I think so so what do you want to do with the rest of your life I want to rock <laughs> um Disneyland <laughs> <laughs> oh um Gosh, I mean... Because I would, we're talking about personal growth, right? And the first thing yeah. I make you do is make valuable goals. I wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't mind keep writing periodically, um, learning as many new recipes as I can. 
that's always a bonus okay, and a so, goal. So a valuable goal for you is to learn new skills. Mm -hmm. What's another one? Um, I guess, you know, trying to be not that kind of absentee parent, you know, for my teen kids because they're so busy and they're so too cool for us. You know, I, I want to, you know, I guess my goal is to be a little bit more nosy in that department so that I can, you know, get to know my teenagers a little bit better before they're out of the house. So do you mean stay current? Like you want to stay on trend and current so you can keep up with the kids? Or you just want to be more sociable with the kids? I think more sociable. I mean, and to, to keep our, our lines of communication, you know, as open as possible, especially as they start to venture out on their own. I totally gave up on the kids. I just quit. I said, you know what? They're doing all right. They are. Yeah, yeah. they're doing all right. So they can make it. Oliver, I have faith. At the swimming pool, Oliver said, um, he handed me his floaty, and he was going to go into the, the lazy river without it, and he said, I'm going into, into pro mode. Pro mode. <laughs> he is all about He didn't need that floaty anymore. When did you uh, go on pro mode? How old were you? Gosh. Because um... you can swim, right? Oh, yeah. I learned how to swim at a young age. Okay, um, so when was Not that? as young as most, but I think I learned how to swim. I was probably seven. I learned how to swim. I don't know how old I was, but Dad threw me out of the boat and stuck his arm out and told me to kick my legs. He stuck his arm out. He said, hold on, kick your legs. That was at Lake Meredith. That's how I learned how to swim, and I swam in the tailwater pit. Yeah, I'm, I that's what we called the, That's what we called the irrigation pond. Um, because I grew up in the plains of Texas, and so we had this big pond with a pump in the middle that looked like a picnic table. Yeah. And so my friends and I, Alvin and Ty, we would sit on there, and we would rock back and forth and try to buck each other off. Mm. And the whole time you would hear it sucking, you know, like... Every I'm time surprised it broke we air. Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> we didn't uh, break it or ruin crops. But there was always, like... Um, cows you know obviously drinking so everything that was in the water including catfish was pretty heinous and that's why i'm immune to most things i think i fully believe that um yeah i was that kid yeah i'm pretty sure you had a dynamite immune system so what kind of kid were you though growing up uh honestly depending on who i was around so talk about because it. i you know some of the friends that i had you know had different things that they liked uh when i was in tennessee at a I had some friends, and we rode three-wheelers three together and, um, you know, went out in the backwoods running around acting stupid. Um, but in, in Texas, you know, like a couple of my friends were more tech-savvy, and so we had a more tech-savvy friendship, you know. That's when you about, became a nerd? Oh, I was always a nerd. Oh. Um, I don't even know. I don't think nerd is really, I mean, because nerds usually have good grades. I didn't. Oh, I was a nerd then. I had excellent grades. I did not have good grades. I mean, I did, I think, up until about the sixth grade, and that's kind of like... <laughs> wow. So that was the same, you know, for, for Quentin, too. His grades started to plummet about the sixth grade. Yeah, so I think it's... So that's interesting. That change from grade school to middle school, and... Um, the maturity. Yeah, the, and what you're, you had what's expected of you, it's, you know, it was for who I was at the time. Uh -huh. You know, it was kind of a shock, because I, I guess I wasn't really ready for it. But I wasn't really ready for a lot because, you know, I spent half my time disassociated. Right. You know, your folks divorced when you were young. Your, you had exposure to alcoholics. Um, 
and it was an experience that you survived, obviously, and you're thriving at this point, you know, but it did stunt you for a while. Yeah. And you can identify that. You can oh, yeah, say, I was stuck. Yeah. I mean, in fact, I'm surprised that I had any friends at all, anybody that wanted to put up with me. Because I was a <laughs> There mess. you go, Jeff and mess. Derek and Dwayne. And yeah. You did. You had a lot of friends, but something that you used to do that not Derek and Jeff and them, but you used to, whenever you were young, try to find friends who were not as smart as you were. Um, that just kind of happened. I wasn't really looking for him. Um, I was happy to have Jeff, though, because he was so much smarter than I was. It always kind of helped me keep things in the perspective. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I was one of those friends, too. Yeah. And I was one of those friends that you would skip school and come hang out with because I was already married. Yeah. It so was, your there was senior no, year. Yeah, it was safe. There was no pressure, no nothing. Yeah, sorry, Ellen. Sorry, Jim. But yeah. Oh, well, I think I told Ellen already. Did that, you? That yeah. you would skip school and come to my house? And the thing is, you and I weren't dating. I was married. Yeah, I mean, it was and totally like legit. We yeah, so you'd come silly over and, and play video games. And, yeah. And uh, my husband would be there with us. You know, we'd all be hanging out and, and you know, just playing video games and crap because yeah. I was your age, you know, and that's what's what's strange is to look at the course of our lives and you experiencing personal growth right now, um, the emotional maturity, the development that I experienced, you know, a long time ago, but you experienced career growth that I didn't experience until now. So do you see that that's, um, it's an interesting parallel, right? Yeah, our entire dynam dynamic has has flipped. Yeah, because you used to not want to do any cooking, any of that stuff, and now you've taken to it like a duck to water. Yep. What's, your, fa what's your favorite part about cooking? Your um, imagination? Getting to be creative, I guess. You artsy know, with, fartsy. With flavors. Artsy um, and sometimes, you know, if I want to get fancy with plating, but I don't often do that. I usually only do it for you. You do weird flavors sometimes, but I'm okay with that as long as there's no meat because I'm a vegetarian. How is that for you having to learn vegetarian meals and all that stuff? And by the way, I never ask you to cook for me. I always say, I'll, I'll get it, I'll eat something. But you cook for me because you know I'm lying. Well, I know that I can cook better than what you're eating. <laughs> so much. So much better. So how is that for you, learning vegetarian um, stuff? It makes me feel good to, to make something that I know that it's going to be good for you to eat and something that makes you feel good to eat. Because for me, the food is about how it makes me feel spiritually and physically. It's not just about um, the content of the food, right? Because I will throw down some sugar. I ain't even playing. Sugar sandwiches. No, 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 not like that. And actually, I don't eat, um, I don't eat additional sugar on anything, but everything has sugar in it. And so I will have something with sugar in it, you know, and know that I'll be buzzing. You know, that's the thing. And you have been making strawberry shortcake um, pretty regular because we have strawberries in the garden. Yeah. And Grandpa <laughs> thought that... He might be developing diabetes because he got a sugar rush and <laughs> after eating after eating strawberry shortcake for like four days in a row for lunch and yeah. dinner dessert. So 
he uh, experienced a little bit of lightheadedness. Nothing in... like a little moderation. <laughs> right. Dad <laughs> likes dessert. He has to have dessert after each meal, right? But the kids have acclimated to that too. Is yeah. that? Do you think that that's a healthy thing? Um, I think that it's okay. You know, if they're keeping you know the the portions controlled and and they're not like just doing it all day long. Of course, um, I don't find anything wrong with it. It's a routine though, but it doesn't need to become something that if you don't have dessert, that you don't have to freak out about. You know, like, that's okay. I don't have to have dessert. Dad would go buy a pack of cookies if he's on the road and he's had dessert in his pickup. So like when he's on a on a road trip, he makes sure that he has dessert. And the interesting thing is he won't eat dessert for snack. He won't eat sweet stuff for snack. He will have it for dessert. So he will have a snack and then he'll have the sweet stuff. But it's uh, he's very controlled. Yeah. He's really good with that. And he has no real health problems. And so we're really lucky. He is a gardening fool, and you're going to be pickling okra again, right? You're gonna... Well, it depends on how much okra he brings me. Well, we'll have some. We'll have a mess of it. And you've made greens. You've learned how to do that. So we've yeah. had turnip greens and, and what was the other one? Turnip greens. Collard greens. Collard greens, yeah. And my my uh, comfort food <laughs> recipe or uh, menu is getting getting expansive. I'm pretty happy about that. I'm pretty happy Fried about chicken, that. chicken, gravy, catfish. Catfish, cornbread, greens, pinto beans. I mean, mashed potatoes, biscuits and gravy. Oh, creamed eggs on toast. Now I just need to teach you how to make the brisket. That's it. That's the only thing you need to know now. And then, by gosh, whenever I'm eating meat again, the brisket will be there for me. I get sick when I eat meat now. Yeah, that's a bummer. You went vegetarian for a while. I did. How was that? It was good for me. What insight did it give you? It let me know that I didn't know how polluted my system was until I cleaned it. But you eat meat now. Oh, yes, yes. I still eat meat. Um... And, uh, but my portions are much, much smaller. Yeah, um, it's very controlled. I, I enjoy meat. And savory is my department. That's why I work good in the kitchen is, is savory. I, I'm terrible at desserts. Well, that's because you haven't tried. Well, I made that, have... that one banana uh, pudding I made was really good. And then every one after that was terrible. It was like banana pudding soup. Okay, and, but you can't just quit. You have to forge ahead. Oh, yeah. That's and why you have go to, to the try store some peach cobbler. Pre-made. Yeah, I'll make something else yeah, eventually. Yeah, peach cobbler. I got a good recipe for that. I, I, I really, like, have fun creatively. What is your deal? It's the animal hair on my legs. Jeez Louise. Okay. I walked so, too close to the husky, and so now I have dog hair on me. So speaking of fruity, because I was talking about peach cobbler. Your fruity shirt? Do you know who gave me this fruity shirt? I don't know. Who gave it to you? Mandy, my BFF. <laughs> she gave me this shirt, and I wore it to Olivia's graduation party. Yes. That was a good time. I really, really enjoyed it. Did you? I did. I did. I was very nervous at first going in because it was so many faces I'd never seen before. And, and that's why I'm actually talking about this, because we were talking about you sent me in there by group. myself. You're like, ah, oh, go in there, and I'll be out here, and I'm just like, oh That's God. what I want to talk about, because, Jerk. okay, did you know that I did that on purpose, or did you? Oh, I figured you did. <laughs> wow. Did because, y'all hear that? She that, figured that, I did. That's how you like to roll. Oh, Explain, gonna, how do I like to roll? You like to push me out of my comfort zone. I like to push everyone out of their comfort zone. Tell me why. Because it makes you learn and grow. 
And you can't you can't learn and grow if you stay inside the same box all the time. If you continue to do the same thing that you've always done, you will continue to get the same results, right? Yes. So my idea was as soon as we got there and I saw an opportunity because Joe's sister Kristen was there and she was standing outside and I was going to talk to her. I was like, ooh, I can just send them in because I peeked in first to make sure that people were there. And I peeked in and I said, oh, just a minute. I'll be in in just a minute to let them know. Yeah, I saw what you did. And then I shoved you and the kids in. Because the kids, it's important for them to see you as someone who they can trust, right? And so when the kids are with you, they don't want you, they don't want your energy to be anxious, right? They need to know that you're okay. And in order to be okay in situations like that, you have to be exposed to it. Yeah. I got a crash course because you weren't home. Yeah. So literally everything that I did, I had to do by myself with two children and then three children. And so it was pregnancy was solo for, for Lucas. Birth was almost solo. Um, I had to do a lot of firsts when, when you were deployed. Yeah. What firsts have you had to do because I was um, away for a while? Because that's when your personal growth really started, was um, when I had to go away. Well, my first, I've had a lot. Um, most of the time it was just, you know, well, I went to the store by myself. You know, and now it's, it's well, we went to that graduation party. It was the first time that I think I went to a, a social situation where I was trying to look decent in a dress. You looked mighty fine, too. And you looked pretty smoking. I really kind of felt like I overdressed, and I, and I kind of felt I bad because I didn't want to be that person. But you are that person. You're Leo. Embrace it. Yeah, but it wasn't. Just like I'm a Virgo. I embrace my innocence. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't about me. Exactly. It wasn't. So if you embrace it, it doesn't have to be about you. If you fear it, you make it about you. Oh. Well, I just so tried to by fearing, <laughs> but that's wrong because and if just, you you know enjoy everybody around me. But no, if you ignore it, you're just pushing it away. You have to actually take it out and say, "Okay, I'm feeling this way. Acknowledge it, but then replace it with a better thought. I'm feeling this way, but it's not about me. It's about Olivia. So you can hold your head high, saying, "I know I look good because Olivia appreciates it. My husband was, appreciates it. I was very happy to be invited. I was and, too." So let's talk about Joe's mom. Oh my gosh, she is so awesome. She really is. She is just the coolest thing ever. And she gave me shit right back. And I respect yeah. the hell out of that. I love she that. She was throwing them as fast as she was taking them. Was like, <sighs> Man, like she really, she reminded me of the good parts of my childhood. The good parts with my mom where we would rise back and forth. Yeah. And you know, Joe and I do that. Joe and I talk so much shit to each other. It's ridiculous. But all of it's in good fun. Every bit of it's in good fun. and uh, well, I like the way she plays. She plays kind of sassy. <laughs> Y'all play mean. <laughs> yeah, we do play kind of harsh, right? Yeah, I don't play with y'all. Uh, yeah, well, stay under the porch then. I will. All right. You can you can play with Kristen and, <laughs> and her goats and the swimming pool. Um, speaking of, you went swimming today by yourself with the kids, which is not something that you usually do. Because my BFF, Mandy, had better things that she needed to do today. Yeah, she had a lot of um, wellness to take care of. Okay, well, we don't need to talk about it. Right. But let's just say that we forgive her. It wasn't about that. I was just commenting that the universe 
provided you an opportunity to grow beyond your confines, right? Yeah, that was difficult because I'm I'm still not, I don't I mean, it's not like I have to stop and change my clothes in the locker room or anything. I just walk straight through it, you know, because it's the only way into the pool area. And so it's, you know, I was anxious. And I kind of wanted, you know, the, the you know, girlfriend there to kind of hang with and, and talk to, you know, while I was watching the kids. And, and, um, and, and if they wanted to swim, then we could swim. But it, I felt really awkward kind of being there by myself, kind of like going to a movie by myself. But I did focus on the kids a lot. And You've I gone them. to the movies by yourself. You used to do that. No, I didn't. I think I've been to the movies by myself like one time ever. Wow. I used to do that all the time. I, I watch to... a movie by myself at home. That's no problem there. Okay, so the main difference in us, um, just personal growth-wise, is because I moved out of the house at 14 and got married at 17 and did all these you know, adult things early on, I was exposed to all of that. Yeah. I was exposed to it even earlier than that because, you know, my parents were very outgoing, very sociable, um, at least dad is. Mom used to be. And um, and going through, I guess, my childhood with somebody like dad who met no strangers. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Is, is what created me, right? Are you sorry that I'm so uh, assertive and outgoing? No. No, I'm not, because I think it's important. I think we do actually complement each other in a way that pushes each other. I make you sit down and chill out, and you make me get up and move. Um, weed makes me sit down and chill out. <laughs> no, I'm okay, teasing. Well then, you I'm just make me get up and move then. That's it. <laughs> I'm teasing, baby. You do. You're able to slow me down a little bit and uh, make me acknowledge that I have family and friends. And sometimes I forget that because I disassociate. You do too. Yeah. And that's what we're working on. We both suffer PTSD. And um, I have a high anxiety end of it. And you have a high depression end of it. And um, unfortunately, it just makes us look like crazy people if you take us separately. But together, <laughs> we're great, right? A so force to be reckoned with. Yes. Yeah, so if you're our friend... You know that you need both of us in order to have a good friend. <laughs> it's kind of like those matching keys for the safe. Oh, you gotta have two yeah. And you got to turn them at the same time. It's funny that you know about that. So you, I know why you know about that. Tell them why do you know about two keys needing for a oh, safe? I've only seen that like a movie. Exactly. <laughs> That's you know, the real thing, say. you know, like not from working in a skiff because we have a badge and a number that we have to keep in our head. Right. And I've had to work on a two key system. Right, and so whenever I see it in the movies, it's funny, you know, to me, just like whenever you see military stuff in the movies, you know, and you can pick out the little things. Well, I was going to school for locksmithing, right, for a while, so I see locks and I see people doing all this and stuff with locks, and it kind of cracks me up, same way that you do. But you made reference to something, a movie that you watched with the with that process. Do you know what the movie was? Um. The first one that actually popped into my mind, and this is kind of sad. Probably. That's why I asked, because I think I know. Superman 2. That was Superman 3, <laughs> not Superman 2. Whenever he had to break uh, into the, I think it was the bank uh, computer, and it yeah. had two keys, and so he tied his yo-yo string around the drunk dude's hand who had the other key. It was like the, the security guy. And then he had the other key, and then he pulled the string and made the guy plug it in at the same um, time. Yeah, and you know what? I bet if we watched it again right now, it wouldn't happen exactly like that, but that's how I remember it, too. 
It's funny. That would never work for me. I would like... Yeah, you would totally screw... Because you're all elbows. <laughs> I would pull the string and then the computer would fall over yeah. and the guy would punch himself and wake up. <laughs> hey, you know, we talked about your friends earlier. And one friend that you left out was Josh. Josh, yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about press a little bit. That's what we used to call him, press. So... Um, he was the person that you just described what you would be if you tried to do the safe thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Josh was what I always call an accident waiting for a place to happen. No, I had mixed Pasmatron. I mean, he is a hella guitar player and I love him as a friend. Like he is, he's really been a good friend. He's just always been there. And, um, he, uh, he is a spaz. So he would walk into the room and it was almost as if his energy could not be controlled by his body. <laughs> yeah, it was like he had seven arms that were moving <laughs> yeah, over at the like, same time. <laughs> and and I've always been able to kind of read auras and, and stuff like that. And he was very chaotic all that's the time. That's probably so good at guitar because he got all seven of those arms. Yeah, at that's once. exactly what it is. He's got the energy of his ancestors helping him. And um, so I'm telling you, it was uncanny to watch him process through a room <laughs> like right? the time he knocked my tea over on me and like <laughs> but not just your tea it was three other things before it got to your tea it's like yeah. the better mousetrap that's what josh was is the the better mousetrap we also knew another josh carter is actually um his name now um but at the time we called him stick and we called him that because he was so tiny we were assholes like we were real assholes if you look at who we used to be i mean we would give people nicknames like yeah. stick you well, know stick stick's name from josh because you know it's like, josh was an asshole yeah. too okay <laughs> so we should have not Why taken stick because because he's little <laughs> um you can have nicknames that are endearing that say you know um like uh the funny thing is i never even actually thought of him as stick like Whenever we used his name, it was just his wow. name. It was just the name he had to me. Oh, see, he was, he was so small. And um, he had a car that changed its own oil. Yeah, like the Fiesta. Just like the Fiesta. Yeah. It just cycled itself yeah, right out. Drive it long enough and add some more. <laughs> but yeah, I was about to say, but you know what he forgot to do? He forgot to add some more. So it cycled all the way out and it definitely cleaned itself. But he got to learn stuff from us, and we got to learn stuff from the other roommates. What was a lesson that you learned in personal growth from living with six people? Patience. They were all younger than us. Oh, except for one. They were all oh, yeah. Than well, us. you'd think he was younger than us. Um, and you know what, though? One of them, one of our roommates, uh, did my tattoo, but not until, like, six years ago. I mean, so... Oh, he, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he sure was. Enough. He actually lived with us, and, <laughs> and the then other one twenty the one, years. Yeah, the, the other one, the one that's on your back. <laughs> yeah, twenty years later, he gives me the tattoo. <laughs> but um, he's a fantastic tattoo artist, and he moved to Colorado. Yeah, and um, so that's where he is now. I'm and, not sure what's going. on. I haven't heard anything from them in a long time. Well, that's so. because they're off Facebook. They went off the grid. Well, that's good. Um, but he did all my tattoos, and yes, you're right. Stick uh, Carter um, is the one that did. Uh, the tattoo on my back that I will never ever let y'all see. I'm not gonna do it. He did a fantastic job, but it is just super super um, queer. It's real even for me, and I'm wearing a damn fruity shirt. It's a very nice. It's very nice for a wyvern. 
Wow. Wow. We're, we're doing this on camera? Hot button right there, guys. Hot button. I'm teasing. I'm not mad. But yeah, <laughs> shut up. How about that? Shut up. Right. Anything else that you think that you have really grown beyond that you want to tell people life coaching might actually work for you? Um, it makes you take a hard look at yourself, and that's where we all need to begin, honestly. What was the first hard question you had to answer for yourself? Um, kind of like a, the you know the one I'm still trying to trying to work through is is um is you know who do I want to be in so much time like in five years who do I want to be you know and and I I never thought beyond okay well right now I'm I'm a housewife and I'm a mom and you know I'm a, what I'm a home it, chef. <laughs> what What does it do though? Whenever you interject a goal for five years, how? Why is that beneficial? Why should you do that? Because um, well, you I said you a, never have. That's. Uh, it seems like a decent time frame for a, a not a super long term goal, but a decently long term goal. And well, you that's kind of like you know you get a job interview. Where do you plan? What do you see yourself in five years? And it's like, I never could adequately answer that question except for working for you. <laughs> Okay, well, in five, well, think about it. In five years, you'll be how old? 49, right? Yeah. Ah, I did it. You'll be 49 in five years, just like me. So, where did you think you would be at age 49? Well, I never thought I'd be where I am today. Right, but um, where did you think? At age 40. Right. But where did you think you would be at age 40 at any time? At any time? Much less age 49. Um, I thought I, think, I would be dead. I think that when I was young, younger and I was imagining myself as a 40-year-old, I was probably imagining myself as um, a burned-out <laughs> alcoholic type. <laughs> so, like from your papa. Bad memories and, and you like, know, all that stuff from the military. And, like your papa. Um, papa Pope? Well, he... He didn't have much of a chance. I mean, he went in for, I don't think, for very long okay, before, but, he, before he got himself in a pickle. But as far as his kind of mindset. Yeah. Yeah, he was, or did he was you, the toughest guy I ever knew. He and really so was. Did you model your behavior after him? I think I did for a long time. And it was like he was, I mean, it, he gave me good examples. I mean, he showed me things that worked. He you, showed me how to, how to clean fish. You know, he showed me how to, you know, load and unload a boat from a, a trailer. So he showed you grandpa line. stuff. Yeah. I mean, just like grandpa shows the kids. You know, and, and it wasn't like just fun trips out there fishing. We were bringing home food that night. And so that was really something. So you got like real manhood lessons of survival. Yeah. Who did you learn your compassion, your femininity from? And um, why do I smell something burning? Could be any number of reasons. Yeah. Um, I think that um, a great deal of my compassion started with my mom. Mm -hmm. She's a very compassionate person for everybody, which in, ended her up in a lot of bad situations, unfortunately. Yeah, she was naive. Yes. And you used to be really naive, right? Right. That's how I got you. Um, Dummy. Growing up as a teenager when I wasn't around her anymore, I think the person that showed me compassion and humor and humility as a man was my Uncle Ray. Yeah, I would agree. But, you know, he didn't have the feminine nature, but 
He also had... He had a light nature. He wasn't a, too right. serious. He had a good duality. He wasn't overly masculine because he has a good balance. Now, even now, That's he, your likes Aunt to, Teresa. he likes to get out and cut up and mm -hmm. be part of the, the Ren Fest and everything, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually very proud of them for that because yeah. considering, you know, Aunt Teresa just, you know, just, get, just finished getting over, you know, breast cancer and, and it's, you know, they're just trucking on. You know, they don't, they don't quit. They just keep going. That's right. No matter how many hurricanes, no matter how many deaths, no matter so how When's the next game of Wahoo? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that is that nature um, that I can see in you is that you don't quit. You might stop for a minute, but you've yet to actually quit and give up on anything. We've been married almost 20 years. Yeah. And if you were going to quit anything, I mean, let's face it. That would be the easiest first thing, right? Um, yeah, would it I was not? given. A, I was definitely given a uh, an example of it's not that hard to just switch it off. Right. Yeah, because we've we've experienced that. You also had another really good female influence in your life, and that was your stepmom. Yeah. And um, she didn't always get the credit that she was due. Because you were a troubled teen who was a product of divorce, and she was the step parent, yeah. so you gave her an unfair rap for a long time. Oh yeah, yeah. She was in over her head, and I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Yeah, but now when and all you this chaos. Yeah, when you became a parent, you quickly realized that she actually did know what she was doing. What did you take from her that you use now? Um, trap! I'm shaking the whole camera. Sorry, I think, Joe. I think it was really me being more self-reliant that I got I got from her because yeah. she really pushed things like, you know, I'm not doing your laundry. Do your own laundry. You know, okay, how do I do this? And then I learned, and then I did it, and then I kept doing it. And you used to get, whenever I was living as female, when I was your wife, you would get triggered whenever I would sort of command you to do something. If I would say, hey, take out the trash. You would get really triggered because I sounded very much like her, and yeah, you would tell me, "You tell me you don't you don't give me commands. Yeah, was, I'm I'm not going to do it. If you command me, I'm not doing nothing." Every and, everything was. It seemed like sometimes even though things were a question, they were never a request. Like you know, um, have you like? Oh, what was it? Yeah. I don't. I don't. Um, request things of the kids. Yeah, I demand them um, when it's self care, and I command it when it's care for others. So I demand them to have good self care. Right, right. And I command them to take care of others, but I am not going to ask them to do anything that they need to no, do. I, but yeah. I will ask them to do something for me. Yes. So I will say, "Will you get me a glass of water? Thank you, please." But I will not say, will you take out the trash, please. They don't deserve, will you take out the trash, please. They deserve to understand that that's their job because it's their environment. And if they fill it up, they remove it. And we all fill it up. So none of us can look at the trash and go, oh, it needs to go out. Yeah. I'm not going to take it out, right? Yeah, and unfortunately for my case, it wasn't a matter of, you know, they didn't tell me to do that. They did. They told me exactly what they wanted me to do. They told me exactly what they expected out of me. But I was so disassociated most of the time, I couldn't have cared less what they were telling me. Right. They could have been saying anything. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, so what you really needed was some patience and some understanding.
but they weren't thinking about you needing patience and understanding, right? Because no, they, were, the, it was, they were like, you know, parents of, of their age. Yeah, what, they were living they their lives. Other than, you know, hey, my house, I'm busy right now. I need somebody yeah. to take out the damn trash. Yeah. You know? I feel so, like that sometimes. I get it. Yeah, yeah. now that's what I was talking like about. I have 500 things to do right now and taking out the trash I don't have time for. <laughs> now you can identify why um, it's important to have your kids be independent, right? Oh, yeah. But you didn't always because, let's face it, Oliver was your shadow. Yeah, um, I think I let go of him at a certain age once he reached, like, he's getting to be about 10. And that's the point where, you know, I wow. really start letting go. I'm like... Okay, like see, look, at 10, at <laughs> 10, I'm like, look, you got five years to figure out where you're headed because the, at, know, 15, yeah. at 15, you better have some kind of idea of what you want to do with your life. I don't, I don't help them there as much as I used to after they're 10. After they're 10, it's like I'm really starting to demand you become, <laughs> you know, okay, self-sufficient so in certain things. Okay, so speaking of that 10 thing, you know, Quentin's about to turn 18. God, that's And scary. the rule that we have had... Because of that 10 idea in your head is I asked you one day because I was spending a lot of time and a lot of money on birthday parties for the kids. I would do it up. We'd invite 24 kids. We had great parties, you know, and they were always decorated and I had everything scheduled out. I was party planner extraordinaire and you were so sick of that shit because you didn't want to do any of that. You didn't want people around. You didn't want to put together stuff. You didn't want to do any of that. So you were like, I said... What age do we have to stop doing this? And you were like 10. You said at 10, they don't need birthdays anymore. No, I didn't say they didn't need birthdays anymore. I didn't. I said they didn't need birthdays that had five, six hundred dollars parties. You said parties. They, it wasn't five or six hundred dollars, but you would say they don't more. need parties. No, because you know I'm cheap. Um, no, I remember seeing those those um, those two, big massive orders. That two hundred dollars was was the most I spent on a birthday party, and that was the zombie party. $200 was the most that I spent at one time. I'm not talking about on the gifts. I'm talking about on the party, on the decorations and all that stuff, 200 bucks. But, of course, we were in Germany, and it had to get shipped to us. So, anyway, um, but 10, in your eyes, is a good age for them to learn independence. And poor Lucas, on his 10th birthday, got shut down by COVID yeah, on the 21st. Yeah, that was so unfortunate. So, it, you know, now I'm going to have to try and throw him a party. And Quentin's party is on Friday. We haven't planned it yet <laughs> because we just found out from him that his friends aren't going to be able to do something with him. Yeah. So that means that... He was planning to go out to the, a place called The Edge. Yeah. But we're going to do that later on. We're going to do an Edge party for him. But, but we did ask him earlier, how do you want to handle your birthdays? You're 18 now. And he goes, well, he really wanted to spend his time with his friends. Right. But his friends can't. Yeah. So that sort of sucks. But... You know, it is what it is. So we make do with what we got, right? Mm -hmm. Where did you spend your 18th birthday? Do you remember? Basic training. I spent my 18th birthday crying in a closet. <laughs> I was married. I was married and I was 18 and I was crying in a closet. Did you have a bottle of wine with you at least? I didn't because I didn't drink. I was 18. Please. Yeah, I know. I was Please. drinking it for... <laughs> no, Tell me. No, I my first taste of alcohol was from a keg that my mom had, and she <laughs> put the little spigot in my mouth and filled up my mouth, and my cheeks got really big, and it was Miller Lite. Miller Lite. And you know what? That Miller Lite did the trick because I then drank. <laughs> I did. I would... 
I would want it each and every time, but it's probably because, you know, I was inebriated. Um, that's what's wrong with me. That's why I don't have brain cells now. Oh, nonsense. You forgot to say poopy pants. <laughs> that's just weird. Okay, so Beth, when you think about your alcoholic days, you had before mentioned that you didn't realize that you were an alcoholic. When did you realize that? Or that you could be an alcoholic? Yeah. Um... Because I don't think you actually were an alcoholic. No, no. I was I was teetering on the brink. Um, and I think it, it came when I realized that I honestly believed that my weekend time would be a complete, utter, depressing waste if I did not drink alcohol. That's weird. And so, you know... You know, I'm just if, teasing that's not yeah, really weird. Well, it's just, you know, it's what it was. You yeah, know? And they, but a lot of I, people feel that way. When I realized how much of a difficult time I had, whenever I was, like, between jobs, I was like, oh, I need some beer. And I was like, do I need beer? I don't need beer. I want beer, but I don't need it. And I kind of started to evaluate myself. And I think that, you know, as a matter of fact, when um, I didn't, I think I still kind of continued to drink quite a bit, but not not near to the to level which I was until um we got ready to have quentin and then it all it's kind of like yeah because it's scary when you get ready to have babies right yeah were you ready it was a sobering experience ah, <laughs> were you ready no no i don't think anybody's ready tell me what you thought when i told you i was pregnant um actually you told me i was pregnant yeah, i did I not tell figured you. it out before you did yeah you did and you hid my birth control pills from me because well, I was still the, taking that them. requires context. I was still taking okay. After did not I got pregnant. did not hide them before. Okay, when I figured out that that pregnancy was there, then <laughs> you can say that I he took was them pregnant and, and, and put them away because I knew what, what what could potentially happen. Okay, so here's what I viewed. I panic. I look for my birth control pills in the only place I ever keep them because I am a creature of habit. I don't lose things. No, no, I have I, the same socks since fifth grade. No. We so, talked about that, though. So I didn't just like take I them thought, and, Oh, wait. No, actually, I remember how we okay, talked shush, about that. Okay, shush, shush, shush. I thought... <laughs> you like how I just shushed you and you're going to let me get away with it, too? Well, I don't think I can actually say the, no, you the can't. actual situation. No, you can't. But here's the deal. They were in my purse, to my knowledge. And what I found out um, later was that she had actually found them and put them away. And so I spent three days tearing apart my car because the only place they could have gone was outside my purse in my car because I didn't ever take my purse out of the car. So that's the only place it could have been. So I literally tore apart Kablooey, uh, Blue Plymouth Reliant was my first car that my mom gave me. And um, and by the way, I was 25 when I got my driver's license, so that's when I got the car. And um, I tore the whole thing apart looking for them and couldn't find them. I called in a new prescription and they wouldn't give them to me because it wasn't time for me to have my prescription renewed. So I was not a pleasant person to be around during that time. Why, why, why did that situation happen? What do you mean, why didn't it happen? Why, you know, did the issue with the the, the uh, birth control pills even happen after you, you found out? What do you mean? Do you know why? No, I have no idea why. I just know 
that that was it, that you had taken the birth control pills and put them away because you knew that I would keep taking them. Because I was. I was still taking them. Even after you told me. Because I didn't believe you. How the hell would you know that I was pregnant? Yeah, I was afraid you would induce a miscarriage. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't in a very good spot to say I could endure pregnancy. But you know what? After I didn't find them, and you gave me a Valentine's Day gift. I do. I remember that. And that's really what made me go, oh, crap, this isn't really for me. This is for her. Now, here's the story. She gave me, uh, on Valentine's Day, a box that had a um, sweater that had the count on it, because I love the count from Sesame Street. So it had the count on it, and that was for Quentin. And then there was something in there for me. I don't remember, but it was some yeah. sort of... Um, it was something, something really pretty and frilly to wear. Yeah, some, something that I clearly didn't like yeah. because it was frilly. But um, she did that for me with the hopes of seeing, of telling me that not only did she love me, but she also loved this child. And so I was kind of committed to that point. Um, I don't regret any of it, obviously, because we had three more. Uh and so having the kids changed me incredibly um, because I got to fulfill something for you. That's how it changed me. I wasn't seeking to have kids for me. I was seeking to have them for you. And, um, and now I have them for me. <laughs> so yeah. it's, like, it's like a win-win because I didn't know I wanted them. You know, I had no idea. And to my knowledge, kids were nothing but trouble. Um, just because that's what I grew up understanding, that kids were trouble. And you shouldn't be a kid if you're a kid. You should do what's called grow up. You know, I heard that a lot as a kid. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I even heard that a lot as an adult. Well, yeah. That, that goes without saying. If you're hearing grow up as an adult, you should evaluate. And then come see me because I'm a life coach and that's what we do, right? But you're doing it now, and I think that it's going to go well. I don't think that you're going to struggle because you have a lot of awareness. It's just about reminding yourself of why it's important. Yeah. Why is personal growth important? It's so you can maintain relationships. It's so you can have goals so yeah. that it's, you can feel successful and fulfilled, right? When I see people that are so lost within themselves that they choose to sit and waste away. You know, as opposed to trying to live some sort of comfortable life, you know. That my really mom did that. Perspective, you know, for me, it's like, I need to take advantage of what I have. Yeah, my mom never got help, you know, and she ended up dying, um, not taking care of herself. And um, you're not going to be like that because you don't want to do that to our kids, right? And uh, so we're getting ourselves squared away. Yeah, sure enough. And soon we will have Miss Carol here who's going to help us even further square shit away. Yeah, can't wait. Because really, Quentin turning 18, it's stressful. Yeah, it is. It's. I guess this is the first like empty nest pill that we get, you know, whoever leaves first. <laughs> like, well, not to mention, because he has Asperger's, I'm, I'm stressed a little bit. Yeah. You know, but that's where Joe comes into play, right? Because I've got my buddy Joe, who also has some of the challenges that we have as parents. Yeah. And so he's a good person to look up to. I think I'm done here. I'm over this now. 
Yeah, yeah, I think we're good. I'm kind of hungry. A little hot. A little sleepy. (laughs) A little sleepy. Um, Thank you for doing this for me. You're welcome. It's fun. Like, I I really appreciate it. Anytime you can offer perspective for our listeners and our viewers. And I think this one was better than any of the other ones that we've ever done. You know why? Why? Because you talked. Oh. Yeah. Yep. I like it. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to stop. But you know what? It's funny because that's what um, Joe's mom, that's the shit that she gave back to me. I really love her. I love Joe's mom. So what she said was, do you ever let your wife talk? Nope. Because if I sit here and wait for you to talk, the day would pass. Yep. Not much of a talker here. But look at you today. Yep. I'm talking. So you already have (laughs) a... Look who's talking now. So you already have a little bit of uh, personal growth just today. Sort of like Joe. You were never going to come on the podcast either. You made that very clear. Just yeah. like Joe. And now look. Does the guru change people? No, we just get voluntold. <laughs> <laughs> Same shit, different day, right? But you know you have a choice. You always have a choice. Oh, yeah. yeah. I could be like, no, can't do it. So then does Guru Brando change people? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, Guru Brando doesn't change people. Try again. So does Guru Brando change people? <laughs> My foot. Does Guru Brando change people? If I say, does Guru Brando change people and I, and I press on your foot? <laughs> no. <laughs> say no. I'm, I'm trying to make you to stop. You make people your... realize how to change themselves. There you go. I do not change people. I only offer up questions that you forget to ask yourself, right? That's it. That's all I do. And I listen, and I try to give you some tools that I've learned. And a lot of times, it's not just a matter of the questions. It's a matter of the right questions. Never thought it would be difficult to ask yourself the right question. And it's usually just a matter of why, instead of, why does this always keep happening to me? It's, how do I get around this? Or it's, why do I deserve this? That's the big question. If you're struggling with anything or you're not struggling, when something major happens that gives you a feeling, say, why do I deserve this? If it's something good, you deserve it because you've done something good, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have that nice floaty feeling at the end of the day of accomplishment and you look around say, why do I deserve this? And then you know what your answer is going to be? Because I'm worth it, right? Because yeah. I'm the the universe saw fit to give you lessons throughout your life that only helped to build your character, that built you to the character that I adore, right? Yeah. And only if you learn it. the right lesson. Because if you don't learn the right lesson, it repeats. Yeah, you end up in a situation where like this keeps happening over and over again. And you know what you say to people? You say, you keep nagging and you keep saying this over and over that I need to do this and I need to do that. Well, people, take notes. If people are in your ear constantly telling you that you're an asshole and you don't want to be an asshole anymore, then stop it. <laughs> stop right? It. <laughs> stop it. Just stop. Say, so you know what? I don't like identifying like this anymore. How did you identify as a prude? That's what you said. I was very prudish. Yeah. Because I was shut off. I didn't... You know, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, what where my place is in this world. And I, you know, I didn't want to put out an image that I wasn't ready to put out. I didn't even know who I was at the time or who I was going to become. So it was like, eh. 
So it was just, you know, just a way of kind of keeping the wall up a little bit longer while I sorted myself out. Yeah. But you know what? You've done well. I'm done. I'm done, too. Done talking. Yes. Love you. Love you, too. Give me a kiss. Oh, no lipstick. Yes. Yeah, I think I talked it off. Ah. Everybody. It's not very good lipstick. Is it Avon? Uh, no, I think it's Revlon, the cover girl. Oh, well, that's weird. I don't know. I don't know about no makeup other than Avon and Mary Kay. I'm dying. Guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for engaging. And thank you for thinking of us. Now, don't forget to like, share, etc., right? Say it, Beth. Say, hit that like button. <laughs> hit that like button. And ring that bell. And ring that bell. And <laughs> kiss my grits. Say, no. gro say groceries. God. Say it. Groceries. I love you. Thank you. Oopsie. <laughs> Oopsie poopsie. Need help clarifying your goals. You want to make progress in your life. The help is here. Reach out to sgpathways.com for further information.